Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. Today we're going to be talking about family history and how to get started. This episode is intended particularly for members of my faith, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen. I'm so excited to have a special guest with me today, Megan Booth. Megan is a super talented, super busy high school senior. She has excelled in music and dance and cheerleading and academics, and now she's sharing some of her enthusiasm and expertise by teaching people about family history. Megan has taught numerous classes to both youth and adults. Some of the wonderful qualities about Megan are her kindness and her patience. And those qualities are so helpful in introducing people to family history because some people have had wonderful experiences doing family history and they love it. And others have either been too intimidated to try or perhaps they have not had positive experiences and they feel frustrated and discouraged. But because Megan is kind and patient, she helps people be able to relax and feel comfortable and she instills confidence that it's going to be okay. And you can do this. Megan, welcome and thank you so much for joining with me today. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Can you help us learn how to get started on family history? Yes, so family history has a lot of components, which is why so many people get frustrated when they're trying to start out. So family history can be broken into four big sections, which are researching, finding ordinances, doing temple work, and indexing. So when people hear this, they start thinking of all the things that they have to do, and it can get really overwhelming really fast. And so... I just want to start by saying that don't get lost in all of the things that need to be done. It's coming to Christ and bringing other people with you that really matters in this work. So family history, pretty much the basics of doing family history work is to first complete your ordinances and encourage your family members to do the same. So this means staying temple worthy and being able to go to the temple. And then the second part is standing in as proxy and helping to perform these ordinances for people who didn't have a chance in their lifetime. So when we talk about family history, that's pretty much the simplest way to put it. It's just getting your ordinances done and helping get other people to a point where they could stand in the presence of God and be with their savior. So when you're getting started out with family history work, the first thing to think about is your time. How much are you willing to sacrifice to this work? That's really the biggest thing. It doesn't matter how many names you find, how many people you work with. It's just how much time are you willing to devote to your Savior and to bringing people to the joy of being with them again. So you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to connect sources to every single person. It's, I can't emphasize this enough, it's all about the Savior and the Savior is the center of this. So to get started, the very, very first step is logging in and that can be the scariest step of family history work because it's, there are just so many uncertainties. You don't know where you're gonna go, what you're gonna do, if you're gonna be able to do any of it. 
Um, there are so many sources and documents to look at and they just don't make sense at first. So the very first step is just logging in. Uh, you can log into familysearch.org by using um, a church account or you can create a family search username and password and just start looking around the website. The more comfortable you are with the website, the more confident you're going to be while doing this work. So really, that's, that's the first thing. Just log in, look at the website, and then set some goals of how much time you're going to put in every week or every day, depending on your circumstances. So after that, if you're ready to move on and you feel confident, then you, there are three different things that you can start working on. So my preference was to start indexing. Indexing is looking at sources that are like birth records and death records or census records that are just available from different locations around the world. Um, and you just look at the document and then you write it into the computer. And so these aren't people that you know or even people that live in the same area as you, but it's just putting the information online so that it's easy to search for when we're looking for it. Um, the next thing that you could look into is research. So this would be if you have your family tree and you notice that there are people missing, that you go up super, super far and then it just ends. But we know that they have parents because that's how they're in this world. And so we can start looking for death records and census records that have their name on it and try to find these people who are connected to them. And as we keep connecting more sources to these people, we'll be able to bring it all together and put this family tree together and just start connecting all the people who have come and who will come onto this earth. And so then our last thing is finding ordinances. And this is one of the biggest parts of family history work and it's also one of the easiest. The family history website uh, family search makes it so easy to find ordinances to perform. So there are icons that pop up. It gives you lists of all the people who need their ordinances performed and the website walks through it really well. And so you can find these ordinances and you can reserve them and you can take them to the temple and feel these opportunities feel these experiences with the people that you are performing them for in the temple. So family history work by just doing it and sacrificing time to the work, we become closer to our family on earth, which is so cool. I've had the opportunity to work with my family, my parents, to find people in my family tree and I have felt a closer relationship with my own family, and we are also brought closer to our family in heaven. So people who have passed on, we can come to know them through this work. Um, I actually have a super cool experience with coming closer to my family in heaven. Um, I was working on Family Search one day, and I was still, this was still in my earlier days when I wasn't really comfortable with the website yet and I hadn't done very much research, but I loved clicking through pictures of my family to learn more about them. And so I was just clicking and 
I could tell that every click was guided. And eventually I came across a member of my family from several generations ago. And I noticed that she was not sealed to her husband in the temple. And I just had the overwhelming feeling that she needed to be sealed to her eternal companion and that this really needed to be done and it needed to be done now. And so I went to my parents because I wasn't in a position in my life where I could do that for her. And I said, this needs to be done. This needs to be done soon, like tomorrow or today. <laughs> and so we, they told me I needed to take a breath and calm down and that it would all be okay and that they would go to the temple sometime to perform this ordinance for her. I went on to family search a few days later with the intent to remind my parents that they needed to do this work. And I found that my grandparents, who lived four hours away from me, had performed this ordinance the day I found it. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they had the same impression that I did, that she needed to be sealed to her spouse and that this needed to be done. And since then, I have had a really strong connection with this ancestor of mine, as well as a strong connection with my grandparents. Um, after, I, I called them right away and I told them that I felt that that work needed to be done. And within the next few days, they had already finished it. And so it was just an amazing experience and I can, I can feel her presence with me when I go to the temple and when I'm just going about my day. And so doing family history work, even if you don't know what you're doing, will connect you with people in your life and people who have passed on. So that's pretty much all I have to say about the basics of family history work. Really, the biggest thing is practicing and sac sacrificing your time. Oh, I love that. And I love the idea that we can just just start. You know, when I used to work with my kids at school and I taught math, and sometimes math can be a little bit uh, overwhelming and discouraging and people just look at it and think, ah, I can't do this. And my comment would be, just start, just start. And the pieces will all come into play and it, everything is going to be okay. And when you can get over that initial fear and just start, things really do just work out. And that has become kind of the theme or the motto for some of my kids is just start. And I'm hoping from what you're saying and talking about the idea of just spending a certain amount of time, a, a day or a week, that this is something that maybe we can just do a little bit and uh, not worry about what kind of success or whatever we're going to have. But that if I put in that maybe 30 minutes a week or, or whatever amount of time that I've set aside, then that is a success. And I am being successful in family history. And so can I ask just how much time, I know you are super, super busy. How much time do you put in a, a day or a week or, or, or what are your goals? What, what is success to you? Yeah, <laughs> my current goal is to spend one hour a week. And so usually I do this on the weekend. I don't have very much time over the week. Um, and I just sit down and if I'm not feeling it, I don't really go into research. I just look at pictures and memories and I come closer to my ancestors. But really, it doesn't have to be a big time commitment. I have so much going on that one hour is all I can do a week. And that one hour is a big sacrifice. But when I put it in, I can see the blessings that come from it. 
Wow, so you're saying that even if I just spend some time looking through the pictures, that can count for um, working on family history, kind of getting familiar with the website and learning to love my ancestors? That almost reminds me a little bit of checking through Facebook. I mean, just about everybody can find an hour a week to check through pictures on Facebook. That seems really doable. That's kind of exciting. So do you know how to upload the pictures onto the Family History website, or is that something that's kind of hard to explain without having it in front of you? Yeah, so it's a lot harder to understand without seeing the visuals, but there are two different ways you could do it. You can do it through your computer, through the website, or through the app. And there is a separate app that helps with adding memories. So this app is called Memories, and it has the same logo as the Family Search app, but with a different colored background. And the app walks you through it very well, but really you just click the plus button. And so if you have um, the types of memories that you would upload would be like stories or pictures, or if you have physical artifacts, you can take pictures of those and upload those. Um, but you just click the plus button, and if you know where your picture is saved, or if you've scanned in an, a document, then you can just find that document. It immediately connects to the files on your computer, or you can go through the camera roll on your phone. Or it even lets you upload pictures that are on your Facebook or Instagram. So it's really an easy process if you go into the app. It'll walk you through it really well. And of course, people come out with questions all the time. Wow, the app sounds awesome. And that's typically done on your phone, right? Can you explain how to do it if you're just working on the computer? Yes, so on the computer, on the Family Search website, there's a tab that's called Memories. And so you go into Memories, and when you click into the gallery, there's a plus button, and it's formatted very similarly to the app. Oh, that sounds like it's not too hard. And you gave me an idea. Earlier, you talked about how you could take pictures of physical artifacts. And I have one of my grandfather's chairs. There was a chair that used to sit in his bedroom. And whenever my dad sees it, he says, Oh, wow, that my dad, every night before he would go to bed, you know, he would lay his clothes for the next day across that chair. And so that chair for him has meaning and it has memories. And for me, you know, it's just a chair and it kind of sits in my basement and I'm not sure what to do with it. So now I guess I could take a picture of it and upload it to the website because if it means something to my dad, it might mean something to somebody else as well. Yeah. Um, another thing that's really cool with memories is you can record audios. So you could have someone talk about their memories of the chair and connect it to the picture of the chair. So that when people go in and they see this picture that's connected to a person and has memories of that person, that you can listen to people and their memories of the picture as well. Files so there. if you take a picture, um, when you click on to the picture, you can add a title and you can add it to photo albums. And there are lots of cool things you can do with it. And so if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page where your picture is, there's a record audio button. So you can record the audio and it'll immediately connect with that picture. Wow, that's cool. And like if you mess up, can you re-record it so I don't have to panic about getting it perfect the first time? 
Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I like to be able to do things twice so I don't get nervous. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's got to be perfect. It's like, it's going to be okay. Just do it. Just do it. It's going to be okay. Also, is there an easy way to find what ordinances need to be done? So on the home screen of our family search account, there's a task bar that says recommended tasks. And it on there, it pulls up a lot of ordinances that need to be done. And there's also an app called Take a Name. And when you run the app, you can search for specific ordinances, male or female, and it'll search through your entire tree and just bring up a giant list of all the ordinances. And it goes super far back and it goes into cousins and aunts and uncles so that you don't have to look through all the names yourself. Yes, I have used that and I love it. But I'm a little out of practice since the temples have been closed for a year. I forget about a lot of things. I'm going to have to relearn a lot of things. And I appreciate you reminding me that there are things that I can be doing right now, even before the temples are open again. And I think a good place for me to start will be to take a picture of my grandpa's chair and maybe tell a little bit about the story or ask my dad to tell some of the stories about it. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate your insight. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Michael Crichton. He said, If you don't know history, you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know that it is part of a tree. Today, or this week, I invite you to take one step in learning about your family tree. See you next time on Linda's Corner. 